In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Today, my guest is Kyle Chambers. Kyle is with Texas Quality Assurance. Is that right, Kyle? Yes, sir. All right, Kyle, thanks for coming on. Let's see. Oh, yeah. It says you are the Senior Quality Process Advisor. Yes. That sounds like a real impressive title, but the truth matter is, Kyle. <laughs> oh, you know, I hate putting CEO on stuff because it sounds so pretentious. You're the owner of the company. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Everybody who's a regular listener knows that most of the time I'm recording from my home just outside of Houston, subdivision on beautiful Lake Conroe. Woo-hoo. Where are you right now, Kyle? Well, I am in the little town of Caldwell, Texas. We moved up to Central Texas about six months ago, part of a 10-year plan to get family out in the country. And you are in the country. And that, for those who don't know, that little spot of Central Texas, it's very nice country. Oh, yeah. No, it's beautiful out here. We're trying hard to live the dream. Of course, uh, that means a lot of sweat and hard work, but, you know, that's part of the fun. But, you know, it's funny. We actually came up to Caldwell just to visit a year ago before we knew where we were going to move. And I remember walking around the town. They had a klotchy festival, so we came up here for that. And it's like the quintessential, like, small town, you know? It's literally got the town square with a courthouse in the middle. I take my boys to go get the haircut, you know, around the corner, the hardware store, the feed store, everything's right here. So, you know, it's just a fun, a little fun environment. Definitely good change of pace from Houston. <laughs> uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. I envy you. That's for sure. I'm excited to have you on, Kyle, for a couple of reasons. First of all, when we first started the HSE podcast, you were actually one of our first guests, weren't you? I was. I was. It was that first year of us getting the business up and running. And, you know, we always had it in the back of our mind that our QMS software had a ton, ton of benefits for HSE. And so that was what we were talking about. And that was 2016. So that's a while back now. And so that's when you started Quality Assurance 2016? Yep. Yep. I uh, took the plunge. Guess what was it? Uh, March of that year. And wouldn't necessarily say I recommend folks jump off the cliff into a new business venture. It is a painful fall, but it's a lot of fun and I wouldn't change it for nothing, but it's been a fun ride. Now you plunged out of what? Well, I was the QHS. Well, let me see about this. I had a lot of job titles. This is part of why I decided to start my own business. <laughs> I was officially the QHSE and IT manager. We went through, when we were going through one of our ISO audits from a previous company, auditor has to write down the job description for everyone. And so I tried telling them like everything I'm involved in, everything from inventory management to managing our ERP and our work scopes, oversaw some of the inspection services, yada, yada. He said, so effectively, you're the manager of all things not technical. I'm like, okay, that'll work, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but not technical, but if IT was in the title. Yeah, he's just struggling to find something to put on there. He's like, so basically you do everything, but right with the engineers do. I said, yeah, but actually drew on AutoCAD half of our drawings five, six years ago. (laughs) He just started laughing. (laughs) Well, so speaking of what you do now, tell me about Texas Quality Assurance and kind of what your core businesses are, because there's a lot of folks out there listening. They might could benefit from knowing what you do. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, when we started the business, it was with one really key idea in mind is through quality assurance and compliance management, you know, that being the tool we use, right, is how can we save folks time and energy for what really matters most? And again, that is going to vary greatly from everyone, right? Maybe it's you're just tired of working the overtime, you need to offload some of the tasks to someone else, or you want to get home for your kid's little league game, whatever it is. But we're able to do that and free up those resources for small businesses through things like our QMS software. So ditching all the paperwork, you're going to keep everything electronic, automated approval processes, security, the whole nine yards, right? Especially competence and training. Talking about HSE, like, oh my gosh, keeping up with competence and training records will drive you bonkers. What used to take me a full weekend every quarter to go through and sort and analyze automatically updates on a report every three hours, right? Oh, wow. Of course, we do the standard consultation. I'm not going to say the same as everyone else out there, but we all kind of got an idea of what you know, consultation is, helping you put these ISO systems in place and whatnot, API, Q1, Q2, internal auditing, obviously. We added a really cool one during COVID. So I've always had in the back of my mind that we need to have some sort of a monthly service for our clients to help keep their quality and compliance systems in place. But I mean, let's be honest, you think about a consultant. I mean, a consultant, typical consultant's job, if they want a monthly retainer, we all know that their goal is to suck as much out of you as they possibly can and deliver as little as necessary so that they guarantee they can send another invoice next month. That idea always kind of just made me sick at my stomach. I'm like, I don't want to be that consultant guy, right? I don't want to be a leech on your business. So COVID offered some interesting opportunities. What we saw is for a small and uh, mid-sized businesses, when cash flow gets tight, half of your orders disappear overnight. Well, who's first on the chopping block? First on the chopping block is going to be your least experienced folks. And then we're going to kill quality, safety, and sales. And it's like, okay, well, if quality and is top on the chopping block, well, we really need to have a way that we can help supplement that role for a business. And so we came up with what we call our fractional quality management program. So it lets us step in and supplement or even replace the role of that quality manager. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, because you can't put quality on the chopping blocks. You're actually filling a really necessary void there. Now, you mentioned API and ISO certifications, and we had it's been a few weeks ago, but we had the national director out of Washington, D.C., who's in charge of API standards here in the mm -hmm. U.S. and internationally. Those are very critical to safety. Oh, yeah. You actually help make sure that these companies are maintaining all the necessary things they have to have for their oh, certification, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. So we handle pretty much everything. Again, as much or as little as the client needs. I try not to twist anyone's arm on what they need, right? But from your manual, your procedures, all the forms you need, the traceability, training employees, like we try to handle all these features. When you deal with things like ISO 9001 and API Q1 and Q2, inevitably you get your toes wet in health and safety and environmental management. And so for folks that aren't quality geeks, there's certifications out there for that stuff, right? So you got like ISO 45001, which we've worked with for several years, and that's the health and safety management system. So whereas like the ISO systems are all concerned about the quality of the product or service you put out, well, the ISO 45001 is concerned about the quality of the health and safety of your employee. And then you got ISO 14001, that's the environmental standard, and it doesn't really care about the products or services you make, but it cares about 
your direct impact on the environment and how you manage your expectations there and meet your legal requirements. And so we've worked with these standards for a few years and we're finding more and more of a uh, opportunity to help out clients there. Well, and I think the way you helped them out, if you have this certification and of course, uh, API, for example, they're going to audit you every year to make sure you, oh, yeah. you're maintaining the standards. What you don't want to happen, you don't want to have API come in and find four or five deficiencies and that sort of thing no. and pull your certification. So nope. you need to know you got all your I's dotted and T's crossed before they come in. And that's where you come in, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And we've got uh, one of the, honestly, she's probably the best auditor I've ever had a chance to work with. Don Adams, our uh, lead auditor. So what I tell folks is like, look, you want your internal audit Again, whether we're talking about quality, safety, environmental, doesn't really matter. You want your internal audit to be rough. You want it to be brutal. You want to find as many problems as you possibly can. And when I first say that, folks are like, look, we don't want to find everything. No, we don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what like, we're trying here. to keep them from finding out. <laughs> but here's the thing is if in your internal audit, you identified the problem. And before that external audit comes around, so it's just a great tip for anyone out there. If you're worried about the external audit, like my gosh, get a rough internal audit done is if your auditor finds it and you've created a corrective action and you've got an action plan in place to resolve this issue, you've tied the auditor's hands. The only thing that auditor can do with some weird exceptions, obviously, but really nine times out of 10, the only thing the auditor can do is say, well, when I come back next year, you better show me you got that fixed. So you just bought yourself a year. Right. The issue's fixed. And it's like, oh, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take by myself a year rather than that auditor finding it and giving me 30 days. Well, and especially if you don't have the experience that you guys have, you need this uh, outside objective source to come in because you'll see things that they don't see. Oh my gosh. It's so, so easy to do it. And look, we're the same here. You know, we're actually going for our own ISO certification next year. Consultancy world's kind of a little weird to get your certified as a consultant, but we've got some projects we're working on for ourselves for our own certification next year. And we're totally going to bring in a another auditor to audit us because you become blind to your problems. I mean, it's like I got 14 boys going to hate me saying this, but like, he doesn't realize how bad his room stinks. He goes nose blind to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you go blind to the inefficiencies in your business because it's like, well, that's just how we do it. That's just what we do. And sometimes getting that other person in there just can be so amazingly a mind opening experience, not just because they see things differently than you do. But if you get a good auditor, this is the value of a good auditor is if you get a good auditor in there, you're the 200th facility that they've audited, which means you're the 200th facility that's probably had this same or similar problem. And you've seen how 200 other systems have addressed this problem. Good auditor can be an absolute wealth of knowledge and information. Well, that's a good point. Okay. So I wanted to have you on so that we could showcase that. I think it could be of tremendous benefit to some folks out there, but specifically talking about safety, mm -hmm. I think you're launching a new safety service. Is that right? 
We are. We are. So we are branching out of just the management system compliance world that we've been in to jumping into more traditional safety compliance. Look, the fact is that best tools for prevention of industrial accidents and incidents really starts with a good plan. And this is where we've excelled for years. So we're offering a full suite of safety compliance services from starting with comprehensive gap assessment just to go through, identify what of the many, many, many OSHA CFRs, like what actually is applicable to your company and how are you meeting up against those legal requirements? Again, because we're bringing in skilled, trained, experienced auditors that are used to going against these type of things, man, we can plow through this in a lot less time than it would take otherwise. We're adding on some options, especially for like the fractional quality management program to where on a monthly basis, we can do monthly site assessments, help you maintain your OSHA 300 logs, help investigate accidents and incidents. Like, my gosh, there's no sense in letting something turn into a recordable that ought not turn into a recordable. I'm not saying hide anything by any means, but yeah, I think anyone in safety management has seen how these things can spiral sometimes or even developing lockout tagout procedures, just all of these fundamental things that everyone has to have in place, but sometimes just don't really know where to start, or maybe they're afraid it's going to take more time and effort than they have available. If they're worried about time and effort, wait till you have an accident and OSHA shows up on the scene and then finds out you don't have those logs up to date and this sort of thing. That is not a position you want to be in. No, not at all. Not at all. Here recently, uh, we kind of got a chance to dip our toes into this world a little bit earlier than we planned, but you know, it worked out really well. We had a client that got a letter from OSHA with several allegations on it. You know, they only gave them like, I think it was 10 days to respond. It wasn't much. And of course, these things get buried in the mail and email. So we spent the better part of three days going through, documenting everything, getting it all ready to go. But we got news just yesterday morning that OSHA closed the case and life is good and smooth sailing. That's what we all want. So this new service (laughs) you're launching is specifically designed for that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is The goal is that we want to provide the same as we do with the quality side of things. We want to give our clients the option for monthly continual services. Again, and also let me throw this out here. We don't do long-term contracts. So if you're not happy with us, cash flow stinks, or you just don't need us anymore because you've kind of picked it up along the way, we only have a 30-day out on our contract. So no long-term contracts there. But we want to make sure that folks got the option for monthly support if they don't have the people in place or just need some additional help or one-time services, kind of like this OSHA incident was, is, hey, we got this. We don't know what to do. Help us out fantastic. Let's knock it out. Let's take care of it. And let's do it without robbing the bank too. That is a totally different perspective from what you were talking about trying to bill as many billable hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous how much, and I know I'm talking bad about consultants and I are one, but it's amazing how much some of these consultants will just absolutely milk from the client. And I guess part of the difference there is we work primarily with a small business. Right. And as a small business owner myself, like I get it. You only have so many resources to go around, whether that resource is the time and effort of your employees, cash, whatever it is. You only got so much to go around. So we want to make certain that we're able to really pay attention to what resources you have and get you the absolute most for the least cost. Doesn't mean we try to be cheap. We just try to be efficient. There you go. Well, uh, there you have it, folks. hope there's some folks out there who can perhaps uh, benefit from this. Kyle, put your LinkedIn contact info in the show notes and we'll put your uh, website up there. 
And before we go, anything else you want to talk about? Because I've got one other thing I want to ask you about. No, no, uh, not really. I'm just excited about getting into this area a little more directly. It's something we have talked about for a long time. I think the option of now that we've got this fractional quality management program worked out and how that goes on a monthly support, really, really excited to see what we can do. I mean, I know this sounds cheesy and like the thing I'm supposed to say, but it's really what inspires me and just gets me so excited and geeked up is I absolutely love watching one of these small businesses grow and excel and honestly grow and excel faster and become more profitable than we are. It's just like, I just love knowing that we were a component in seeing what they did. And whether it's a machine shop with five people or, you know, 200, it's just so exciting to see and knowing that we're enabling them to continue on for so much longer, provide better for their team, have more jobs, more security. It's just awesome. Well, that's great. So the last thing I wanted to say, Kyle, you're a podcast host as well, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell us about your podcast. Yeah. So, well, obviously I did the one with Mark LaCour in 2016 when I think HSE was his first podcast he'd had going at the time. It was the first one after Oil and Gas this week. And then it was HSE and a little shameless advertising here. (laughs) Oil and Gas this week is the number one podcast on the planet. So uh, HSE became the next one. And we now have about a dozen different oil and gas podcasts. (laughs) It's so cool. And so I was just kind of blown away with Mark. And I'm like, man, I really like this guy. I want to learn something from him. And so I remember asking him after the podcast, like, hey, man, can we go to lunch? I simply want to pick your brain. I'll buy you lunch if you let me pick your brain. And I think he even wound up paying for lunch that day, too, just because that's kind of how Mark is. Yeah, he usually. Yeah, that's right. You're right. And you know, so just picking his brain. And so we, we got to know each other. I don't even know how, but my wife, Darcy, she's done a lot to help out with the business over the years. So she's been my business partner for the better part of the last four years. We were at lunch together and I don't even know how it came up in the conversation, but I said something, you know, it'd be fun to do a podcast myself, Mark. Could you give me some pointers on how to get it started? And Darcy chimed in like, oh my gosh, I don't want anything to do with that. Nothing at all. And Mark's face just lit up and he was like, yes, Darcy, you need to be on the podcast. So Darcy was on like the first of what is I think 120 episodes that we did. She's bowed out, but it gave me a really good chance to practice making this a little more informal, making a little more fun, making a little more, you know, a little more entertaining, you know, because I can be very dry and very, very dry and boring when I start talking about some of this stuff. And so that's the definition of consultants. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) she really did a lot to force me to come out of my shell. She did a great job co-hosting the podcast for a long time. But yeah, we have the uh, Quality Matters podcast. I think I'm going to release episode 150 next week. Oh, well, congratulations. Okay. Well, Kyle, thanks for coming on our podcast. No, I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right. Well, as always, we want to thank everybody out there for listening. Tune in again next week for another episode of Oil & Gas HSE, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or on whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, Like us on LinkedIn. Use all your social networking to tell your friends about us. And we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.